Hello, I'm Dr. Scott Wadier. And I'm Tommy Welling, and you're listening to the Fasting for Life podcast. This podcast is about using fasting as a tool to regain your health, achieve ultimate wellness, and live the life you truly deserve. Each episode is a short conversation on a single topic with immediate actionable steps. We cover everything from fat loss and health and wellness to the science of lifestyle design. We started Fasting for Life because of how fasting has transformed our lives, and we hope to share the tools that we have learned along the way. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. My name is Dr. Scott Wadier, and I'm here, as always, with my good friend and colleague, Tommy Welling. Good afternoon to you, sir. Hey, Scott. How are you? Doing fantastic, my friend. We are coming to you today with another episode of questions. So we I don't know uh, if we struck a nerve or if more people are listening or I'm not really sure what's going on, but there has been hundreds across Facebook and Instagram and email. And uh, we are trying to get through all of them. So yeah. we picked a few today that are common kind of beginner type questions, but then we also have a couple more frameworks and long-term nuance type questions. So I'm excited mm-hmm. to break this down today, Tommy. If you're new to the podcast, go back and listen to, if you want to learn more about Tommy and I, go back and listen to the first few episodes uh, with a little bit of grace as we were just figuring this thing out. Now we are 90 plus episodes in, just broke 700,000 downloads. So nice. you guys seem to like the messaging in the in the 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 episodes and how they're short and actionable and we're just going to continue to deliver content to you in a valuable way so shout out to all you guys that are listening if you're new go back and take a peek and um yeah keep submitting questions we're going to keep trying to getting through them as we continue to build this thing out tommy so yeah yeah absolutely um so you know sometimes uh, those questions are are like they could be a roadblock. You know, if I just had one more little answer, a little more piece of confidence, a a little better understanding, I could get to the next step. And that's what this is all about. Yeah, that's a really good, you know what, that's a really good jumping off point that I hadn't thought about is, you know, when I started the journey, and now we've taken a few thousand people through our challenges and all the listeners and interactions Mm -hmm. we've had, and we're still working on building out the programs. But like, those little hiccups or speed bumps, even when I was doing intermittent fasting with a keto and had gotten kind of stuck or plateaued, I went back to the old ways of, all right, well, that didn't work. Now what? Yeah. So, you know, having you having Dr. Fung's research going back and forth in the beginning, thinking back over two years now, um, it's just interesting that, yeah, if, if you get to, and we'll talk about a few of these today, you know, like the basic stuff, like what breaks a fast and our, our view on it, carbohydrates and how they've been de- demonized, the mm-hmm. whooshy head feeling. Um, yeah. Can I put coffee creamer in my, in, in my window? Oh no, you're breaking a fast, right? Don't go to the men's intermittent fasting group, one of them on Facebook and put that in there because you will get eviscerated. It is a very right. mean, aggressive group. And I love it because I love being in there and I like to see the stories and the testimonials. And yeah, so it, I get value out of being in that group as well. Right. And then we're going to talk about, you know, the scale and, and water and glycogen and all of those things that might pop up, like you said, that could be these little hiccups where you just go, ah, well, I guess this isn't going to work for me either. And that's yeah, the last thing that we want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it's not working. I guess I did something wrong. Right. And so, yeah, no, no, no throwing the baby out with the bath water here. Like we're going to. We're going to break it apart. Yep. All right. 
Let's start with a question from Lori that was submitted on September 11th. Excuse me, 11th. Um, she said, on Monday, I started the 16-8 fasting and I'm eating 1,200 calories or less a day. I eat lunch and dinner only. I lost seven pounds this week. I'm really loving the fasting and I felt better than I have in a long time. So great nice. news. Mental fog is decreasing, reduced calories, and I don't even feel hungry. Now the first day was a bit scary, I will admit, LOL. I do have a question. I do enjoy whole wheat bread, brown rice, and other whole grains and pastas. Mm -hmm. Do I have to leave these out of my diet? Also, I guess I found your podcast this week and love it. So thank you for the shout out, Lori. Um, and Tommy, the loaded question. Do I have to leave these out of my diet? The breads, the pastas, the rices, and the whole grains? No. No. Because... Oh, that's it. That's the answer. Yeah. <laughs> that that that's it. That's the whole answer. Okay. Um, no, because you know, um, part of this process is finding you know those those balance points. How do we get the results and get the long term sustainable balance? Something that we can we can stick to and will continue to encourage our our healthy way of life. Well past you know, if you have twenty or fifty pounds to lose, like okay, but what about after that point? Um, and so we know very low carbohydrate diets don't work in the long term very well because they're not very sustainable and and going for a while without them can mean um like a, a major rebound later on so how do we find better balance while we're getting results and then set ourselves up for long term sustainability well we can cut down on those things in the short term they're they're likely going to help accelerate your fasting results they're also going to make it easier to transition into and out of a fast because the more processed carbohydrates that we have, the tougher it is to jump into a longer fast or the more we're going to feel it, you know, and it's going to make it more uncomfortable. So, so cutting down on them can be a, a good thing, finding some substitutions, some good um, like um, menu recipe substitutions can be a really good thing too. Yeah. And there's so many different layers and nuance levels here <clears throat> where, you know, Sometimes we get feedback like, no, you're wrong. We're addicted to processed refined carbs and the food mm -hmm. industry and all that stuff. And it's like, yeah, you're right. There's that's part of it too. But then there's right. the research studies that show at the two-year mark for diabetics that they actually have that regain because of that, because of the restriction of an omission of an entire macronutrient. Right. Right. It, there's three macronutrients. There's fat, protein, and carb. Now, for me personally, so people say, Well, how can that be? And I'm like, Well, we're all different, right? Like yeah. my wife and I are the complete yin and yang when it comes to this. And we've had genetic testing done, nutritional testing done where her body responds better on a pretty much uh, even split of the three macronutrients. And when she's mm -hmm. training, like for a half marathon or her CrossFit competitions, her body actually requires and processes carbohydrates better than it does fat. Mm. Her body prefers that as a fuel supply. Yeah. So she is, she will in, in certain periods, she'll be eating. Now we're talking like rolled oats and sweet potatoes and natural sources of carbohydrates, right? Good Not carbs, the refined yeah. processed mm -hmm. stuff, right? The good stuff. Right. You know, if we're talking about like wheat and, you know, the, the, the wheat germ that we have here in the States and the modifications of our corn supply, we can, I mean, that's a whole nother conversation, right? Sure. So the more natural, the source, the starchy vegetables, the better, the carbohydrate, the better. Because it has that natural fiber component, the body knows what to do with it, et cetera. But back to my wife example, she has zero visceral fat. So she has zero risk of heart disease. Like mm. 
zero visceral fat. I'm here on the other side. I started my weight loss journey and, um, you know, had, had the, the centrally located weight and the visceral fat, but I, I yeah. was my, all my blood work was air quotes, normal. I, my body prefers fat. If I eat more than about 20% of my composition in a day, and I don't track like I used to anymore, um, of carbohydrates, then I get more cravings and more fatigue and all of those different types of things. Sure, so yeah. Lori, if you are a carboholic and it's, it's a problem, then I would say, yeah, it's probably time to remove them slowly and, and work on finding a balance, Tommy, which I thought was your perfect word there of what you can be doing long-term to sustain the weight loss and then get the health benefit. Yeah, absolutely. And if you have certain things like most quote unquote trigger foods for most people for like addictive behavior and for like um, for extreme cravings, feeling like there's there's some sort of gremlin that's coming out and I, I don't have control over, you know, my food choices, those tend to be processed and carbohydrate rich because mm -hmm. they're so craveable and we get such a strong um, almost drug-like addiction dopamine effect within our brain. So if you're finding you have, you know, some of those things happening too, then, then that's another good reason to just eliminate some of those trigger foods, work on the relationship, the long-term relationship with those things, um, find some ways to make substitu healthy sub substitutions at home. And, um, and it, but that can be, you know, part of the fasting journey, part of the process for you as well. Yeah, I love I love that conversation. So many different levels, um, mm. and we've talked about that, you know, in different ways and different viewpoints. But what you're doing, Lori, is great. Stick to it. Keep them in moderation. Um, if you find that you're craving them more, then it's probably time to to slowly replace them or or start to increase your fasting windows to help your hunger hormones and satiety hormones kind of balance. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but you're doing great. Keep up the great work. Love the question. Um, I want to transition into um, two fasting kind of what's allowed and what's the definition? What breaks a fast? <laughs> My least favorite question regarding the fasting lifestyle, full transparency, right. because you can argue to the ends of the earth and just mm -hmm. simple, simply stating anything outside of water technically will break a fast by true, by definition. Now, are there things out there that, you can ingest, Dr. Fung says 50, you know, 50 calories or less, or you'll hear, uh, you know, flavored teas break and, and all right. that. So really, again, you have to find what works for you. So if you are a coffee drinker and you put four tablespoons of sugar and three tablespoons of creamer, <laughs> um, that's probably more of a warm sugary milk than it is a coffee. So it might be time to think through, well, what's what's my, what's the end, end game here, right? Yeah. So the two questions we had about was one was from Samiski one, two, three, four, this came through on Facebook. And it was, can I drink coffee creamer in my coffee? And the mm. answer is yes. If, if it doesn't lead you to spiral, because you've already mentally made the decision in your brain that I'm breaking my fast for the day. Now, mm -hmm. I prefer to fast completely clean. Mm -hmm. I prefer to fast just if I give myself any wiggle room, then I feel like I want to, you know, uh, give an inch, take a mile, right? Yeah, that old yeah. analogy. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So technically, yes, you're breaking your fast, but can you still lose weight? Yeah, Dave Asprey has an entire fasting program that allows you to have unlimited bulletproof coffees during your fasting. And I'm like, great, you still have ketones in your body, but you're not fasting. You just ingested 800 calories. Like, right. can you still lose weight doing that? Yeah, sure. But is it truly fasting? No, it's not. Right, right. And um, I, I think... I think just understanding that there are different reference points for like what breaks a fast, like everyone's everyone means something different too, because if, if you're really saying, um, am I breaking my fast? Like, well, am I ingesting calories? Am I having a blood sugar response? Am I having an insulin response in the body? Or am I still able to continue not ingesting food? Like psychologically, like you mentioned, or, or, did I kind of book that as well? I already broke my fast. So if I had some coffee creamer, I may as well have breakfast like that. That's not a good psychological right. track, right? That's not going to get you anywhere um, long-term results wise. But at the same time, if, if you have one or two cups of coffee in the morning with, with a tablespoon of, of creamer in each one of them, uh, you may have ingested 50 or hundred calories, but could you potentially keep going and, and do a 48 hour fast? Yeah, absolutely. And get 99.4% of the benefit. Yes. Hey, y'all wanted to take a second and tell you just an incredible story about an amazing company that we've come across recently. Um, and now they are a sponsor of our show. It's airdoctorpro.com. You can head to the website, use a promo code uh, fasting for life to receive up to $300 off. But most importantly, Uh, My little guy, my two-year-old, has not slept consistently through the night uh, since he was born. We have tried everything you can imagine. He is our third child, and we're just like, what is happening? So we have gone to great lengths, time, money, and effort to figure out um, how we can help him sleep. And uh, the reality is uh, we were pretty much just resigned to the fact that this is how it's going to be until we put the Air Doctor Pro in his room. And I am not joking when I tell you the first night that we put it in his room, he slept through the night. The second night, slept through the night. Now we're up to 35 plus days that he has slept through the night. He has only woken up two times, rather than two, three times a night, two times in the last 35 days and counting. And we are just so incredibly grateful. The reality is uh, we had a feeling that it was something that we were missing And the indoor air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air these days. In some cases, up to 100 times more. We spend 90% of our time indoors, and we take 20,000 breaths a day. So what's the solution? An air purifier, a cut above the rest. I'm not going to lie. We have tried others. We've tried other HEPA filters. We've tried other air filters. We have spent the money, and they have not done the results that Air Doctor did in literally the first day that we put it in his room. They filter out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants. That includes pollutants such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mite, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. So I don't know what it was that was keeping them up, but it is now gone. So Air Doctor comes with a 30-day Breathe Easy money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com. Use promo code fasting for life to receive up to $300 off air purifiers. An exclusive listener um, offer for you as well. You'll receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. That's exclusive to you, the podcast listener, now hearing this in real time. Lock this special offer by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code fasting for life. You guys know that we are very particular with who we partner with. And if it wasn't for this incredible company and this, the incredible results that we've seen, 
I would not be encouraging you to head to the website and take advantage of the Fasting for Life promo code. So if you support our sponsors, you are ultimately supporting us. We are grateful for you listening in. And now back to today's episode. 100%. Another follow-up question on this is, um, this came from Judy. This came through Facebook as well. Quick question. Do electrolytes break my fast? I do 18.6, so an intermittent fasting window, mm-hmm. uh, and clean fast. I received some, so there's the, the key terminology there, clean fast. I received fast, some yeah. LMNT recharge powders that you mix in your water. I feel great when I drink it, mm-hmm. but I don't want to, this is going to be so funny because we're just, I'm going to contradict myself here. Um, intentionally, I feel great when I drink it, but I don't want it to ruin my ketosis slash autophagy. The Mm -hmm. packets are sugar-free, but some do have flavors. So LMNTs are great. They fit more of the keto lifestyle than they do the clean fasting lifestyle. So I use these periodically when I am doing longer fasts and I just need something to allow me to push through. Yeah, I had a con- consistent a CGM glucose monitor on. Mm. I did some testing with Zevias that are sweetened with stevia. I did some testing with the LMNTs. I saw no change with the LMNTs, but I did see a change with a couple other of the water flavoring uh, products that are out there on the market, the Mio et al's, that kind of group. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I did notice a huge spike with the Zevia, which is sweetened with stevia, which some mm. people will use the, uh, stevias and the monk fruits and, um, you know, as, as an okay thing during their fast. So for yeah. me, I realized that I was doing a big disservice if I was having a Zevia. Um, this was not when I was in my aggressive weight loss journey. This was more in my maintenance long-term type p- portion. This was about a year into my fasting journey, right? I kept the weight off and feeling great. So there are studies that show that natural flavors will break a fast. Some say they don't. You can have sparkling water. Some people say you can have it with or without flavors. But because you use the word, and I'll stop talking here in a second, clean, Judy, and that you don't want to break ketosis or autophagy, if you have a monitor, I would do some testing. If you don't, I would say just use them during your fasting window, uh, excuse me, during your eating window as mm-hmm. kind of like a way to break your fast or a way to reward yourself for sticking to a fast. Yeah. You know, and if you still want to get those electrolytes or other things, like for me personally, I'll do 10 or 20 drops of like a concentrate in Mm -hmm. some water um, with no chance of breaking that fast, no chance of, of halting the ketosis process um, because there is no, there's no actual like flavorings or artificial sweeteners or, or anything else um, along those lines. And, you know, you just mentioned the, the Zevia and the Stevia thing Um, just for a little bit of perspective, like, though like that in particular has no carbs no calories and it's it's not artificial right like uh, stevia is a natural thing but 100 to 300 times sweeter than sugar and so automatically the the brain and the rest of the body goes okay i'm not sure exactly what's happening here but this might be some sort of food this might be sugar it kind of looks like sugar and so that's why for a lot of us, we can have um, either a blood sugar and or an insulin um, effect. And, and that's an important part because if, we, if we're inducing those, then we can slow down the ketosis and the fat burning process. And we can also perpetuate some of those, um, those cravings and, and other things that go along with, with actual sugar and carbohydrates. 
Yeah, I um, that reminds me of a conversation that we just had in uh, recently in our continuity group around, um, around the the benefits of <clears throat> having a ketone monitor, and yeah. the person had tested, and they're like, "Wait a minute, I don't understand. I don't, I'm not in ketosis anymore. I've been fasting." Well, you should be flip flopping in and out of ketosis, you know, pretty regularly, even on longer yeah. fasts. If you do exercise, it can kick you yeah. out. Even your your natural circadian rhythm, if you had a bad night of sleep or you've had some additional stress and your adrenals are taking a little more brunt due to cortisol, you can mm-hmm. have a blood sugar dump into the bloodstream that could potentially um, you know, Knock cause you right cause out. you to flip out of ketosis. Yeah. So if you want to keep it simple, keep it clean. If you are if you're new and you're trying to figure it out and still like playing around with it, then yeah, experiment with stuff, see how you feel, see how your body responds. And really, that's going to become the long-term sustainability that we're looking for to hope it, to get to everybody to that point. So, yeah, yeah. A um, couple more here, Tommy. So, um, let me pull one up, and I had it up in front of me, and then it just went away. Here we go from Terry. I have a question. I've been following the IF program since June, so IF is most likely sixteen eight or eighteen six. Lost mm-hmm. five and a half pounds the first eight days. We'll come back to that. Very common. Continue to fast and eat low carb and healthy foods. Just finished a 43-hour fast and gained one and a half pounds. Not sure what I'm doing wrong. Drinking the recommended water and choosing my meals slash calories wisely during my eating window. Any suggestions would be most helpful and appreciated. Hmm. Okay. So there's there's can be some volatility in the scale here. Um you know, going 40 plus hours, um, I, I can imagine, especially if that's, if that's the first time you're kind of, um, you know, breaking into that, that kind of range, uh, expecting some positive reinforcement on the scale, right? Expecting right. the scale to, to move down. But, you know, if, if we think about how much water weighs, let's, let's start there. So we're at half a pound per cup of water per eight ounces of water. And we have, a, we have, a, you know, some standard recommendations out there half an ounce to an ounce uh, of water per pound of body weight. So, you know, if, if you're 150 pounds, you might be recommended to drink 75 up to 150 ounces of water. So, you know, a, a couple of pounds accumulates very quickly within that water. And so we can have some pretty big swings within our hydration level. So if we're expecting a downtick in the scale and all of a sudden we get an uptick, it can be a little surprising. But what I want to make sure of is that we don't think we're we're doing the wrong thing just because the the scale gave us one bad data point. So it's it's likely to kind of even out and correct itself probably by the the very next day if you were to reweigh. Yeah, there's there's a couple of holes in, and this this is one of the things about answering questions that come in, um, is that there's a few missing pieces of, of information here. So we, like if you think mm-hmm. of those old movie reels, right, like. You think of the old two movie rails and like the the film literally like spinning and you would just stop the film and snip one of those scenes, one of those little images. That's what you have right now with the scale. Yeah. And if you are, yeah, no context. If you are glycogen depleted, right. And you have lost that initial glycogen dump where your liver clears out and your smooth muscle doesn't have the reserves it used to because insulin will store that stuff in those two places first. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Then the fluctuations you'll see the fluctuations more even with just eating like the low carb thing like insulin spikes from a fatty piece of meat like a steak can be just as much as certain carbohydrates yeah 
because of the way the body processes the food. So when we're looking at this situation, if you weighed it like immediately after you finished a 43 hour fast and you broke your fast and you ate a meal, you went to bed and you woke up, I would actually expect the scale to go up a pound and a half from the day, day prior. You mm. have all of the, the water retention, the short-term glycogen stores possibly, and the, the food itself, never mind, like you said, Tommy, the weight of the water yeah. sitting in your digestive tract. So to know if you're making progress, and sometimes you hit these little plateaus, but staying consistent is key, you'd want to do the weight loss average from week to week, not just this one data point. Um, and you should see that there is a downward trend that would give you that. Okay. Yeah. I weighed right after the, the scale kicked back up. And I always use this example of someone that is in the intermittent fasting world and he does these weigh-ins and he did this test. Once he tells the story where he woke up, he weighed, used, had his morning constitutional reweighed, drank <laughs> some water and coffee, reweighed, mm-hmm. went for a run, came back, reweighed weighed after the shower and then ate a meal, broke his fast and then weighed again. Right. And there was like a 12, excuse me, four kilos is like over eight pounds. Right. So eight pound fluctuation just in that four hour window in the morning from 8am to noon. So looking at the average over the course of the week, knowing that you didn't do anything wrong, you just broke your fast and you're, you're probably still sitting with all that stuff there. Right. And, and remembering that, that even just that whole like morning weigh in judging your success on the previous day with that one snippet, that one no context snapshot and letting, you know, that being what we remember throughout the day, just remember like some of that is from the old eat less, move more diet mentality, tracking every single calorie because there's very little margin for error there. So you mm-hmm. had to kind of like hold on to everything that you could measure. So just remembering that you're on the right track, even if the scale didn't give you the feedback on one day, let, let that fall by the wayside, have a short memory with that, set your timer, keep going, keep hitting the gas, stick to what you're doing because it is working and it's likely to work yep. itself out by the next day or two. Yep. hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, One more here, Tommy. So this also came in uh, through Facebook. This is from Ellie on August 19th. Mm -hmm. I really like this question. And this is one of the things that we talk a lot about. And it's one of the things that we foreshadowed in the beginning of this episode was one of those little stumbling blocks that out of the gate, you wish you would have known that nothing's wrong. Yeah. Right. Just like the scale going up a pound and a half. Ah, no, it's okay. So I really appreciate this question, Ellie. I uh, just found your podcast three days ago. I'm looking for resources about lightheadedness or a wishy head. Mm. I started fasting one month ago at 15.9 and switched to 16.8 three weeks in. I've been feeling amazing energy, mental clarity, et cetera. But overnight, two days ago, I'm now feeling a wishy head type feeling. Can you point me to useful information on how I can figure out how to remedy this? Much appreciated. And uh, gave a shout out liking our podcast so far. Yeah. So thank you for listening, Tommy. There's cool. so many layers here. Oh my! The first goodness. word that pops into my head is transition. Transition, yeah, transitioning into ketosis. Like it reminds me of all of those infographs that I've seen on the keto flu, 
And some of them are, are hilarious. Like they're very dramatic sometimes, but you know, and, and we kind of almost get spoiled by, by OMAD doing one meal a day and kind of um, with intentional eating, how quickly we can get ourselves into ketosis. I've almost forgotten um, that it can be a really long, arduous process for, for a lot of folks, especially if you're doing more like a 16, eight, or you're not doing time restricted feeding at all, but you're just controlling the macronutrient profile. Like you're doing strictly ketogenic quote unquote foods. And, and that can be uh, a longer transitional period. And so it makes sense doing a 16, eight that, you know, all of a sudden you're kind of knocking on the door. You're, you're finally transitioning into that, that ketosis and you're starting to get more of that diuretic effect. And that can lead to some noticeable changes in blood pressure that can lead to that kind of whooshy feeling. And there are other um, symptoms that kind of go along with that too. Yeah. The fact that you're at 15, nine, and then going to 16, eight, um, you're probably, if you would have just jumped into 22 or 24 hour fast, you probably would have had this happen within the first week. Mm -hmm. And that's typically what we see in our challenges, but we also tell people that to expect that. And when that happens, the insulin drops to a certain point, you're about to transition ketones start being created and your glycogen and your sugar supplies are decreasing. Right. And your, your body goes, insulin goes down. uh, The hormones that control the excretion of water go, Mm -hmm. uh, go down to release it. So now you've got the electrolytes. So what I would do is before you go to bed, I would take um, some either trace minerals or some sea salt, probably with dinner or maybe just right after after your meal. And that should help counteract the feeling in the morning. But also know that the best thing to do here might just be to push it a little bit mm-hmm. and break, finally get through that, that, that kind of timing. So maybe go to 18 hours instead of 16, right? And mm-hmm. then at that time frame, that 17 or 18 hour mark typically is where the magic happens for a lot of people. Um, and the salt or electrolytes can help you get through that, um, knowing that nothing's wrong. It's just that your body is adapting. Yeah. And if, if, if one meal a day, if going to like 23, 24 hours sounds like a lot, um, go check out the fast archive, go download it and, and get started. It'll help you, um, you know, put it into, into place like this week, yep. you could, you could go ahead and, and kind of break through that. And, you know, if you've already done that, you're kind of pushing past to the next level, but you're at a sticking point. Um, you know, drop us a note on, on Facebook, send us an email info at the fasting Um, so we can help you get to that next level. Cause that's what this is about for long-term success. And that's honestly in full transparency, Tommy, um, you know, we always want to end with, with an action step. And in this case, uh, you know, a lot of these conversations were about clean, fast, dirty, fast, wishy head, uh, removal of macronutrients, carbohydrates, you know, watching the scale. This is all the stuff that we hear that are those little speed mm-hmm. bumps or roadblocks where your brain goes red alert, red alert, red alert, red alert. So I right. love the fact that this one aligns up perfectly with the first resource that you mentioned that we created, which is the fast start guide. And why was it not a 15, nine or a 16, eight window or an even an 18, six window? Yeah. Well, it wasn't that because we have done that and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yep. we were like, okay, what is it that can get people engaged and get the wins quicker to know, wow, this is cool. And this will work. And it doesn't take Mm -hmm. three weeks of a 12 week program for me to see the scale finally move. And I feel good. So I love when the conversation aligns with going back to the very beginning for us, which was 
what can we create that people can use now? Well, the fast start guide is that it gets you to that 22 to 24 hour mark quickly. And that is where the magic happens. So Tommy, love the way today uh, rounded out. Love the conversation as always. Thank you, sir, for your time and insights. And we will talk soon. Thank you. Bye. So you've heard today's episode and you may be wondering, where do I start? Head on over to thefastingforlife.com and sign up for our newsletter where you'll receive fasting tips and strategies to maximize results and fit fasting into your day-to-day life. While you're there, download your free Fast Start Guide to get started today. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fasting for Life. 